So fucking, you're not Blair. I am not Blair. I wish I was Decidedly Blair. Decidedly not. <laughs> We're switching it up this week, folks. Yeah. New host. <laughs> new week, new host. This is, so... So this, so they don't talk about anything like serious. This is just like the pre-episode shit. This is like the pre, the pre, uh, the, the cold pre open, theme song. As it were. Yeah, the cold <laughs> open. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving all this in where I explain what a cold open is to you. <laughs> uh. So fucking video games. Video games. Video I want to talk about. I think. I think before the that's the opening music, we get we're allowed to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, and we need to contain the talk to that. Or we could talk about the fact that I have to wait until Monday for my fucking Nintendo Switch to arrive. Yeah, oh my because god. Because Amazon has dropped the ball in the worst way possible. They they like just they just like spiked the ball into the fucking ground. They really did. They were like they were like we know that we're not going to have enough stock going out quick enough to ship it to everybody who pre-ordered, but we're going to sell some directly to some prime members on launch day. Uh, Aren't you a Prime member as well? I am a Prime member. I pre-ordered day one. I pre-ordered day one, like, within the hour, because otherwise they would have been gone. Um, yeah, so, like, you got... They couldn't send it to a Prime member who had ordered a month prior, but they sent it to Prime members who ordered the day of? Right. And customer service representatives lied to me. It's a hard word. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> lied to me, like, throughout the day. Like, a guy swore to me, like, yeah, it looks like it's not getting get there, but don't worry, it will. And then at, like... 10 minutes to 8, they were like, oh, actually, it's all going to come on Monday, because we're still shipping it today. We're shipping it with UPS, which doesn't deliver on Saturdays. Um, And that also means that you can't go pick it up from the Carrier Center, because the Carrier Center won't be open. Um, But don't worry, because we're going to give you $10 credit on a future purchase. (laughs) That's so bonkers. I know. I was like, on the one hand, I was like furious for like the entire day. Like I couldn't do anything. Like I was just like, I I was just sitting there. You were seething. Yeah, I was sitting there seething. Like I didn't want anyone to talk to me. Like I didn't want to do anything. Um, But then on the other hand, I was like, well, I could play Horizon Zero Dawn some more. (laughs) Yeah. Did, did Did Phil Collar take your story? Um, Phil, Phil Collar did, um... Like, I, I assume he is still writing a story about this, but he didn't respond to me saying, like, hey, do you still need this? Because I did respond to his tweet, like, 12 hours after he posted it. Yeah, true. I assume he got the material he was looking for. Yeah, probably. I don't think this is an isol- much of an isolated incident. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, going through, uh... And I feel, I feel like that the 13th customer testimony is not as important as right, like the first like, four. Like, oh, you mean you're another guy that the exact same thing happened to? Do tell. My, my <laughs> door is open. <sighs> the Switch doesn't, the Switch still uses friend codes also in 2017. Okay, yeah, like, I'm not as mad about that as I could be because they're like, it's just for now while we, like while we jury-rig together a system that, like, makes an ounce of fucking sense. Um, well, yeah, but at the same time, they've, they've been doing friend codes since when did the Wii come out? 08? Yeah, they didn't have them on the Wii U, though. Remember that. No, we- they did have friend... They had friend codes on the Wii U. They absolutely had friend codes on the Wii U. Are you positive or, not, not, Sorry, not the Wii U. The Wii. The no, Wii. no, no, yeah. I'm talking about the Wii U. The Wii U did not have friend codes at all. That's bonkers! So they skipped a generation. They went back to it, because, like, I get it, kind of, I guess, I get it. Day one, like, actual name shit is hard to do. It's not like PlayStation 4 did it. Right, like, okay. Um, I, I, I don't <laughs> like, know. I'm not it's getting like, a Switch, and I'm not getting a Switch anytime soon, because I don't have money. But, right. Like, um, but, I'm, 
I, I, like, I'm not as mad about that as I could be because it's like, I don't care that much about online gaming anyway. I pay for PS Plus and I don't even know why I do it. <laughs> yeah. Probably for yeah, the free I, games, I guess. Yeah, but like, they're, they're not even always, like, it's been a while since I've gotten like a real banger out of it. Like, I got Fury, we got Fury back in like, what, October? Didn't we get Psychonauts recently? I don't think so. that might. Have, I don't remember getting Psychonauts. I I thought that was like within the last like two months. I've never played Psychonauts. I, I bought it for Steam, so. and I was like, I don't even want to imagine like the horror of playing this with like with like n- without a keyboard, mouse and keyboard. Impossible. Yeah, um, w- without a game pad, without you know. Um, oh, I mean, I I played it just fine with the Xbox 360 controller. I mean, I I have it on Steam, but I opted for the Xbox 360 controller, and it was fine. Right. Like, at the time that I bought it, I bought it in one of the, like, Humble Bundles. I was like, I don't have any controller that I could get to work with this. Um, Like, there were ways that that you could get, like, a Wii U Pro controller to work with it, but this was, like, before even that. That sounds like that sounds absolutely bonkers. I, I want to talk a little bit about Horizon Zero Dawn, and then we can, we can actually get into the show because yeah, this okay. is still like the cold open. Yeah, this is because just like the wealth of like, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn is very good. It's very good. I, I have some gripes. Yeah. All right. Let's let's hear them. the like the in, the enlightened savage kind of thing is a bit really kind of nasty. Dude. Where it's like a- Aloy is the only one who recognizes that these are just like machines and not gods. I mean, kind of. I, the, the impression that I get is that the um, uh, like except for that one I mean, that, instance that you're talking about, the one plot instance in, that you're in talking the cave about, in the cave. Yeah, in the cave. The one instance of the game, otherwise, that it's like. Otherwise, everybody's like, "Hey, we, these are just like other animals that like the god gave us, like to hunt and kill, whatever." Like, and you can, yeah. and everyone just murders them with a reckless abandon. So it's not like anybody's like, "Oh, hey, these robot dogs are sacred to us." It's like, go out and kill one. In fact, we encourage it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, the, uh, the it's just so weird because it's like. I, I want to praise the diversity, but also it's like I was talking with you about this. It's like the the whole the whole thing like is very like the whole tribes the whole tribal system is very very obviously Native American right. based. Yes, but there were no Native Americans consulted for the the or officially consulted for the for the development of this game. But like, there's no issues with diversity. Otherwise, it's like a very wide. It's like everything but Native American yeah, as far as race like, goes in this it's game. Like, you know what I think must have happened. I think they must have, like, looked at this and said, like, if we put Native Americans in here, it will make, like, the fact that we're basing this on, like, a sort of cobbled together version of, like, Native American, like, material culture much more obvious and might actually be more racist. So I... I I, I, I don't understand how it could be more obvious that it was, that it is Native American based, though. Yeah, like, I'm I'm just worried that... Like, it's, it's, the headdresses are just missing the feathers, like, it's... Sorry about that, my phone... Was your phone? Yeah, my my ringtone has, my ringtone has mighty, mighty boss tones! Oh, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Anyway, back to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, like I. So the, the, those are like I have rights to the story, and also like 
the, there's a mechanical in our guidebook where there's like a bunch of lore things buried around the world, and I don't mind that. It's just that like there is zero indication of where they are, mm-hmm. and I'm certain there is an achievement for collecting all of them, and I really want to platinum this game. See, I'm glad that I don't care about platinum in games because based on what you have said about it, it sounds like absolute hell. Okay, Bloodborne is an exception. One of the one times because blood. Okay. Bloodborne is the only game I've ever... I'm going to go on a diatribe here. Bloodborne is the only game I've ever platinum. Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, by a mile. Like, it's in my top three. Like, it might be my top... In my top two. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. I've spent... I've sunk maybe 130 hours into that game. The, uh-huh. There's a, there's this thing in the game that you need to need to do in order to get... In order to platinum it called the Chalice Dungeons. Now, Bloodborne is known for its... Like, the, the Souls games are known for their level design. Dark, specifically Dark Souls 1, 3, and Bloodborne. Because Dark Souls 2 is made by the B-team. Mm-hmm. And their level design is incredibly deliberate and incredible and super cool. And it, like, it's it all interconnected. So it, like, loops around and you open shortcuts and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so at some point in Bloodborne's development cycle, they were like, hey, what if we made Bloodborne levels that were procedurally generated? <laughs> and in order to get the, the one of the trophies in order to res- achieve the Platinum, you need to go through like nine or ten different ch- pr- of these procedurally generated areas called Chalice Dungeons. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking nightmare. They're horribly designed. The bosses are reused. One of the dungeons is just is just you ever, the enemies deal the same damage, but you take you you're at half your health. Uh. So that's fun for the entire thing. That took me like that took me forever to get through. And that and that dungeon is capped off with one of the hardest bosses in the game, like bar none. Oh, perfect. This sounds and like it's just a great like, gameplay experience. I sunk 15 hours into getting that because I care about Bloodborne so much. It's a completely optional thing. Mm-hmm. If you play Bloodborne, you never ever have to touch them. But but God, but, if you want that platinum, <laughs> if you need that sweet sweet chivo, yeah, um, I wanted I wanted that chivo. I felt accomplished. <laughs> um, the only things that I know about Bloodborne are number one, very hard. Number two, pretty goth. Uh, number three, uh, some guy thought that the game uh, Japanese uh, title was transliterated as Brad Vaughn. And he was like, we may, we may be playing as a man named Brad Vaughn. So, I, so I've been mentally... Re- I'll, let you, I'll let you process that. Um, I've seen that before, but I completely forgot about it. Bloodborne, the legend of Brad Vaughn. Brad Vaughn sounds like a giant bomb staffer. No, yeah, he sounds like the kind of dude that would be like a contributing writer to Joystick. Does Joystick still exist? I think so. Okay. Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna say my piece about Horizon Zero Dawn real quick. Yeah, and then we can uh, go on to the actual just, show. Yeah, just for like a a good solid indicator of like how much time you can spend like absolutely dicking around in this game, enjoying yourself, but still not accomplishing anything like towards game completion. Um, I've played the game probably uh, about three days now. And I have done, aside from the, uh, like, mandatory prologue before the world opens up, I have done 
about two main story missions and everything else uh, has, like the... <clears throat> yeah everything else has just been running around the game world discovering like side quests and yeah, just like yeah. hunting stuff for funsies um, the, and it's good the, the yeah the, the best indicator i can think of is that like the game has recommended levels for certain quests and like i'm on a quest line that's recommended level is like eight and i'm like f- level 14 or 15 right um not that levels mean a hell of a lot no they really like don't this. they you get an extra you get an extra 10 health with which is like not a huge amount yeah and you get a skill point in your skill tree oh okay um yeah it's m- like 80% of like the factor in whether or not you'll like make it through like a given encounter is that you have the right equipment and most of the equipment in the game is available to you like from the very beginning like provided yeah, it's you just have a matter the money, of money. And resources for it yeah um yeah uh, but it's, it's really good, and I'm gonna feel super bad about abandoning it for Zelda tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing, this thing's got a month in my PS4 before my PS4 becomes a Persona machine. Oh, okay. I had to buy an HDMI splitter, because I have now achieved the point where I have too many, like, devices hooked up to, like, the family TV at my girlfriend's house. Wow. Um. Wow. So, I'm like, it's like, there's three HDMI ports, one of them taken up by the TV, so I had to buy one. Luckily, Amazon gave me $10 for fucking my life. whole dollars. So, that, that covered that. That one's a freebie. Thanks, Rick Amazon, CEO of Amazon. <laughs> <sighs> everyone i'm luna and blair's not here because she's visiting her boyfriend in new york city this week roswell who's been on the show a couple of times that joined the replacing blair our 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 our, our bargain bin blair is here with us zach i didn't mean to insult you like that hi everyone <laughs> was the I'm only zach. one that came to mind <laughs> it's me zach also, I Zach, did not know Roswell was. Yeah, I did not know Roswell was Blair's boyfriend. Okay, all right. Oh, they, um, they've been dating for like three years. You didn't know that? I'm I'm a little like behind on my like Blair lore. So um, <laughs> your lore. I I haven't picked up enough of the like audio files scattered about yeah. the game world to learn about Blair's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so, like, you've listened to, like, you listen to the show, so you know that every time we have uh, a guest on, we'd like to talk to them about their uh, experiences in history with horror. And so I talked with you about this a little bit before the show, but um, one one thing that I, as far as I know, at least none of our guests have been Jewish, and you're, you know, you are Jewish, and I was going to ask, <laughs> I mean, there, there might have been, I really don't know the exact faiths of everyone who's been on our podcast, but um, I was just wondering if that has, like, had any anything really to do with your experiences with horror it really doesn't yeah because like I, we were having this conversation yesterday because like i was like <laughs> i've never seen like i've seen a lot of crucifixes and stuff used to use and like a lot of churches but like i don't know i've never seen a i've never seen like a star of david used to repel something or um right right right, right. uh is it is it synagogue is that a is that the Jewish yeah that's, a, that? okay. that's the correct uh yeah like i couldn't remember if that was i couldn't remember if that was islam or judaism yeah, um... Mosque, that's Islam. Islam is mosque, yeah, that's Right, okay, yeah, um, brain, brain farted. And the only instance that I can think of is, um, I know that there is a movie, and I tried to find it yesterday, and I could not find it, where a, uh, someone uses a Star of David 
to uh, repel a demon. And in the internal logic of this movie, the basis for this was that objects of faith can repel a demon. Any object of faith can repel a demon. The converse of that is that if you have an object of faith but you don't actually believe... It has no power. So its power to repel evil is directly proportional to, like, how much faith you actually place in it. Um, But this may surprise you. Googling Star of David repels demon did not bring up a lot of good Google results. (laughs) So I have no idea where it came from. Um, So, like, like, so in in the concept of the movie, if I, like, so if I hold up something I have faith in, it, it, it repels the thing, right? Right, and... So, like, if I just if I just menacingly brandish a picture of Griffin McElroy, like, it's out of there? Like, his his 40 uh, under 40 media... <laughs> 30 under 30, photo. yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, right, 40 under 40 is a different thing. Um, yeah, sorry about theory, Sorry about the noise in the background, by the way. Our kitchen's being uh, done up. Oh, okay. Do you want to have the uh, contractors on the podcast? <laughs> Talk about their relationship with horror? Actually, it's just my dad. He's prepping for the guys to get in tomorrow, but he's, like, doing some hammering. He's just hammering in, like, random places on the wall <laughs> yeah. to stru- test the structural integrity of the building. Yeah, it's but, like that one infomercial where the woman just, like, hammers a hole in a wall, and then she looks at the hammer like, what? Like, hammer isn't supposed to do bad. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, the, where were we? Yeah, the other thing about Jewish horror is I never actually saw this movie, but this is the only, like, instance that I can remember of a horror mm-hmm. movie with specific ties to Judaism. And it was that movie about the uh, Dubuque box... Uh, which I can't remember the actual name of the movie. It had a fairly generic name, like The Possession or something. Um, and you you might remember from the trailer, it had a lot, it was about a cursed box. It had a lot of, like, moth imagery. Um, oh, that does sound a little bit familiar. I'm gonna pop that into Google real quick. Gonna yeah, because, like... Pop a quick Google on this one. Because, like, I don't see much, like, explicit Judaism in most of the media that I watch. Like, mo- what I can't remember is... The in a se- in season one of the Sopranos, there is like a couple of rabbis that the Sopranos deal with who refer to the main Soprano guy whose name I can't remember as a golem. Tony Soprano. Yeah. Oh, his name's just Tony Soprano. Okay, thanks. You know the name of the show. <laughs> I knew his last name was Soprano. Fuck oh, okay. <laughs> and then there was an episode. There was a, an episode of Treehouse of Horror where Bart creates uh, a, a a murder golem. A lot of golem-based horror is what I'm saying, basically. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so it turns out the movie literally is called The Possession. Um, so that, when I was like, oh, you know, it has a fairly generic title, like The Possession or something, that's literally the name. Um, what, what, what year did it come out? Uh, 2012. It was produced by Sam Raimi. Um, but not, that sounds was, so familiar. Um, Hold on, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in this movie? He um, stars. Yeah, he stars in this movie? Um, anyway, the bo- the box has Hebrew letters uh, engraved on it, and it like contains like a Jewish demon. Um, huh. It's... Um, a Dibuk is a Yiddish word, uh, meaning adhere or cling to. Why does um, that word look so familiar to me, Dibuk? That lo- word looks... Oh my fucking god, I just realized. Did you is ever... Is it Persona? Re- no, it's not. Did you ever realize... <laughs> did you ever read the books The Children of the Lamp? No, I have not. It was this weird book... It was this weird young adult book series about kids who find... About a pair of twins who find out that they're, like, genies, basically. Oh, nice. And then they have a distant cousin whose name is Dibuk. Oh, okay. Um, but he's... I don't think he was Jewish. I think he was, like, just... That was just his name. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie, they go... They call it Dibuk. Doppelganger. <laughs> 
Um, Don't start. (laughs) Okay. Don't bring me back to that. To that dark place. (laughs) To that... To that to sunken the, place. The sunken place. <laughs> the sunken place that is Charnel House. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to drag you back into Charnel House. I know that's a very, like, difficult time in your life. So. <laughs> when when Blair, Blair sent me that file and it was just called fucking Charnel Horse. <laughs> this movie gave me a Charnel Horse. Um, <laughs> hey, um... Okay, so am I still required to talk about my relationship with horror? Are we still doing that? I mean, yeah, we- you can, like just like some of your favorites, like what you like, because like you okay. know, like, um, like we always say, is, you know, Blair loves found footage. I like home invasions. Like, mm-hmm. um, honestly, I have like a kind of weird relationship with horror in that I'm not normally i I normally do not go see horror movies like uh-huh. on my like of my own accord. Uh, but I have a friend uh, back home who would always want to go see horror movies and could not get any of our other friends to go with him. So we would go on like quote unquote dates. Sorry. That's a very hetero thing to say, but um, yeah. Um, uh, Especially when you say quote unquote, but right. Because like he was saying it in like a jokey way, like, Oh, let's go on a day. And I would be like, okay, all right, I get it. Um, but like every single horror movie that we've seen, um, like in this fashion has been like a banger with the exception of the one that we watched today, which is just fine. Um, yeah. Cause we saw it follows. Uh-huh. Then we saw green room. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we saw this, which kind of broke the streak a little bit. Um, but then is this, we, is, this, is this the same guy you want to see get out with? Uh, yes. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get out's a really good movie. No spoilers. Cause that's going to be a future episode. Please. No spoilie. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so why don't, why don't we, uh, just talk about this movie? Well, I want to talk about Get Get Out a little bit more. We can't, wait, hang on, are are we, are we allowed? I, very, very briefly, I want to say, go see it, because, like, we are going to be doing an on-screen of it in the coming weeks or so, because I'm pretty sure Blair is seeing it with Roswell while she's in New York City. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm just, like, begging the audience to please go see it, because it is incredible, also, I didn't. I may have mentioned this last week, but I don't remember. But I don't. I. I actually. I had had Jordan. I had Key and Peel like mixed up in my brain until like very recently. That's fairly common because you don't. I thought. Don't I thought Peel. I thought as individuals when they're I, together. Well, I mean, I thought Peel was like the kind of the, the bald nerdlinger kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both nerdlingers. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of, uh, horror, did you see that, um, interview excerpt from, um, when Jordan Peele was talking about going on a ghost tour in New Orleans? No. Okay. There's, uh, he, in an area, he was talking about how he went on a, uh, ghost, he took the cast of, um, uh, Keanu, the movie that he did with, um, uh, Key. You know, with Key, Key. Michael Key. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and took the the entire cast on a ghost tour of New Orleans, including um, Method Man, I believe, uh, from the <laughs> right. Wu-Tang Clan. Um, I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they go on this ghost tour, and like the ghost tour is being led by like the swarthy, sexy guy who's like, "If these walls could talk, not that you'd want to ask me about that." You know, like um, that, that's 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 my favorite. Uh, fucking holy shit! I can't remember his name. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, what's his name? Who? What? Good Kid Mad City. What's his name? Um uh Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, that's my favorite Kendrick Lamar song. <laughs> if these walls could talk, not that you'd want them to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. Um Great anyways, joke. So, 
at the at the end of the like they're going on this tour and the whole time uh jordan peele is thinking oh god i can't believe i brought method man on this lame fucking tour he's gonna hate it so much um and at the end of the tour the tour guide's like anybody have any questions and like uh Method Man raises his hand, and Jordan's like, oh god, he's gonna say that he had a fucking terrible time or do some, like, dumb shit. And he's like, sometimes when I'm when I'm in bed, I feel like something's sitting on my chest. What's the deal with that? And uh, Jordan Peele is thinking, it's blunts, it's blunts, stop smoking blunts, that's what's causing it, it's blunts. And the uh, tour guide just pauses contemplatively and says, yeah, that's gonna be a night hag. <laughs> a night hag? You know. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, it, it said that that interaction is what inspired Get Out. <laughs> I'm making Oh, that yeah. That, um, that famous scene in Get Out where he, where the, the, the main character, whose name I forgot, fights a night hag. This famous scene in Get Out where a guy smokes a bunch of blunts and then has sleep paralysis. <laughs> Um, I can speak from experience. That happens to me all the time. Well, stop smoking blunts. You can't make me. Actually, I'm a police officer. Uh, that's fair. This has been a sting operation. I hold my flashlight and gun in a cool way, and that's yeah, how yeah. Okay, so let's get into this movie. Actually, yeah, let's let's just dive right. Fucking We're almost in. a half hour into recording. Let's just dive right in. Yeah, very delayed diving right in. God, this uh, is a, these are worse tangents than Blair and I go. Anyways, uh, so we watched Lights Out, another movie with Out in the title. What's that? Have to, what's what's up with that? What's the connection? Figure it out. You tell play, me. Play our uh, alternate reality game. Uh, yeah. to find out more. Yeah, it's it's our version of Radio Zork, like the Flophouse does. I don't know what that is. I don't listen to the Flophouse. Sorry. Uh, you know what Zork is, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, they do a thing on the Flophouse with their listeners where it's like they have a mailbag section and uh, every once in a while the, so, someone will write in and be like, I turned the key in the lock. And then the, one of the hosts will respond with, the key moves, but not far enough. Do you A, turn the key further, B, un- return the key and take it out, or C, look around. And then it's just like a week by week of like the slowest possible thing they could do. Oh, good. It's so relentlessly a, stupid, and I love it. That's a good stupid bit. It um, really is. So, so this movie. <laughs> this movie. Lights Out. Uh, directed by James Wan, who I've sung the praises of multiple times on this, despite having... I've only seen, like, parts and bits of his movies. I've never actually seen one of his start to finish, if I'm being honest. So mm-hmm. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a poser on that front. <laughs> oh, sorry. I needed some water. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were there. It was dead silent. Don't you're giving Brooks a, you're giving you're giving Brooks a panic attack. Wait, was that the movie? Yeah, that's the movie. The, the puppet the puppet movie. Oops, sorry, Brooks. Um. Okay. So, Lights Out, directed by James Wan, um, adapted from like a two minute uh, short horror film. Which I mean, if you don't want to go sit down and watch all of Lights Out, uh, you can watch just the short. It's on YouTube. It's like literally two minutes long. It's really good. Uh, kind of ends shitty, but you know, whatever. You, you know. Short horror films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, so yeah, Lights Out. What's the... Let me open up my plot. Let me open up my notes, because I have ten bullet points. Oh, you took notes. Okay. Um, how do we do the plot summary thing? How does this work? Uh, just kind of play it by ear. Go on, go on like, 50-minute long tangents. Whatever. 
Oh, all right. Do Do you want me to start? I mean, yeah, because I mean, a lot. My my notes are really truncated because it's like bargain bin Willem Dafoe is just the first. Right, right, right. We'll, we'll it's, get it's, to that. It's, Oh, literally, well, all I did was write down the names of the characters so I wouldn't forget them. <laughs> okay, so we've got uh, who's the woman? What's the, the the woman who works at the mannequin factory? The woman who works at the mannequin factory. Her name is Esther. Esther, right? Okay, so Esther is closing up shop at the mannequin factory, and she sees like a spooky ghost. Where it's like when she turns the lights on, it's not or it's not there. But when she turns the lights off, there's like a silhouette, and it's really mm-hmm. scary. And I like it because like. It plays with the horror thing where, like, the traditional horror thing is, like, you know, you go into the bathroom, you put your, dip your head down to wash your face in the sink, and then when you stand back up, there's someone in the mirror besides you. And then this place is, like, there's something there, and then she flicks the light on and off a bunch, and then when it's not there, it's really scary. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. Um, wait, so, at the very beginning, uh, when we first, uh get into the movie uh the dad who um his name is paul but we're gonna call him uh ersatz willem dafoe i think because uh, he looks like willem dafoe fucked jason bateman yeah. uh, um well and had a baby like, like, right, right, willem, right, right. like willem dafoe does not just like you know, does not like <laughs> absorb characteristics of those he has sex with he's rogue from the x-men actually and that's exactly <laughs> what happens um <laughs> So he's, like, the Ugh. boss at, like, the mannequin. I assume he's, like, a designer or something, but he works in a place where there's a lot of mannequins. Uh, right. He's Skyping or on the phone or something with his uh, son, Martin, um, the world's most emotionally mature uh, 10-year-old boy. Yeah, um, like, these, these, are the, these are the kids that, like, you go on Twitter and see someone saying, like, why is, like, my two-year-old asked me at breakfast this morning, why is Trump so bad at governing, but he's got, you know, taxes and stuff, whatever. And it's like, you know, someone claiming their two-year-old said, like, this incredibly, like, enlightened thing. Like, this is the two-year-old they're talking about. Right. Like, he's just he's just a very young, like, stockbroker. Like, he's mm-hmm. just very fed up with everything. Um, he is the boss baby. Yeah, he's the boss baby. Um, so, he, uh, the son is talking to the dad on the phone about how uh, their mom is acting weird. and Yeah. And how she's um, talking to herself. And the mm-hmm. dad seems to take this very seriously. He's like, all right, I'm going to come home as soon as I can. And, like, puts, like, takes out, like, a file or, like, puts a file away or something like that. Yeah. It seems to be very significant. Um, we His assistant comes in and tells him that, like, something's going on in, like, the warehouse. And he's like, oh, that's probably nothing. But she's like, hey, just, like, get home safe. Um, so he walks out. And, um, notices that there is something, like, stirring, like, in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Something, like, like a, like, a tall, like, very gangly fi- figure with, like, these almost, like, claw-like fingers. Yeah. Um, um, but he quickly realizes that this thing, whatever it is, cannot, like, approach, um, like, the beyond the, like, ring of light, like, around him. Um, in the otherwise dark warehouse. So he makes a break for uh, his office and turns the lights on in there. And I guess prepares to, like, barricade himself in. Yeah, um, wait till morning. Yeah. Um, and instead what happens is um, the, the monster, whatever it is, cuts out the lights, uh, fakes him out, and then, like, murders him and drops his mangled body. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, uh, I want to say DMX said, but it's... She's just like, oh no, the light's out. She's about to punch my lights out. Oh, I thought you were just gonna say X gonna give it to you. No, I was. I, I got. I, I go a level deeper than that. <laughs> or no, oh yeah, oh no, the lights out. About to punch your fights out. I guess. Um. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually look up, look up who did that if it was DMX. I mean, did he woof at the end? Because if he did, it was DMX. No, it's, it was ludicrous. That was part of move, bitch, get out the way. Oh, duh. Um, <laughs> man, that was that was a no brainer. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> This is embarrassing. Cut this out. Um, so um, we cut to um, the kid at. Uh, no, we cut to the uh, the girl and her boyfriend. Correct. Yeah, uh, Brett. Yeah, it's um the um the the Adam Scott. If Adam Scott smoked. Wait, wait. A lot of what weed. is the girl? Oh, Becca. Becca, Becca. is Rebecca. Um, Becca and her boyfriend Brett have uh, are in post coit. Um, yeah, post coit. <laughs> And he's and he's lying on the bed in his boxer shorts, like spread eagle, which is what you do after you have sex, as we all. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, um, it's in the Becca, guidebook. Becca is like, got to air out those loins for the next yeah, round. Becca is clearly like has issues with like how close this dude is getting to her because he like keeps like acting like he's her boyfriend, and she's kind of not on board with it. She's like, "Who said you're my boyfriend?" Like, you know the. Like, basically just kind of being, like, aloof and distant. Yeah. Um, and he clearly is, like, trying to be like, alright, like, let's make this thing official. Because we get the we get the exposition that it's been eight months that they've been yeah. coming out. And they're still not official. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, just uh, to give you an idea of what kind of character Becca is, she lives above a tattoo parlor named, um, uh, what was it, the Black Gypsy Tattoo Parlor? Yeah, that's parlor. what it was. Really um, great name. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the slur there, but, yeah. like, you, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, and her room yeah. is covered in embarrassing, like metal esque, like gothic kind of artwork. Yeah, like like, like it, it's so it's so metal esque and gothic that at one point there's a there's a like uh, a hard cut from Paul's dead face on the floor of the mannequin factory, like covered in blood, and there's a hard cut to one of the posters, and it doesn't look that different. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh wait, hold on. We missed we missed talking about uh, Paul's work computer, which I thought was really important. Oh right, right, right. So on his work computer, his computer desktop is a um, photo of his family, which it looks like the three individual members have been photoshopped into the photo. Um, yeah, four individual members. Sorry, it is. Um, no, his daughter's not in there. Oh, she's not. You're no. right. Because okay. that's that's his daughter right, right, or stepdaughter. It's or whatever. his stepdaughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. He only cares about Martin. Right, so it looks like they've all been photoshopped into the frame together, which is very funny. And yeah. his desktop is completely empty besides for, like... Three, three file folders. Three unlabeled folders. Um, so and I mean, he had, it's, a, it's a MacBook, so, like, that's about the... That's, like, what you get, right? Like, that's what you... That's what comes standard? Three folders and nothing else? Yeah, that's what comes standard with the MacBook. You can't actually use it. It's a device exclusively <laughs> for looking at bad photos of your family. Yeah. It it's, like it's a, not even all right. It's like a five hundred. It's a five hundred dollars scrapbook. It's not even his desktop background. It is like the picture floating in the middle of the screen, surrounded by nothing. Yeah, that's that's it. Like he doesn't know how to make it his wallpaper, and we're expected to believe that this man is a designer. Get out! Um, <laughs> the lore of this movie completely falls apart under any scrutiny. Yeah. <sighs> I'm gonna write an angry letter about this one. Um, so this one's getting a th- this one's getting a two on my letterbox. <laughs> I have a letterbox. Um, so uh, so yeah, Becca is being aloof with her boyfriend, and he tries to like. I guess he tries to like um, 
put a sock in her dresser drawer as like a totem that allows her to return to that place whenever he chooses like a fast travel token um and she throws it back at him out the window yeah and Uh, dobby is freed by the sock gift right 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 luna made the very good joke dobby is free um (laughs) um which i i'm pretty sure i also made in the theater because it's like Exactly the kind of thing that I would do. Because I'm yeah, I mean, you, like um, half of it. You tweet about like you tweet about Harry Potter like every three minutes. Yeah, I, and I've only seen Fantastic Beasts once, which is more than I can say for, uh, or less than I can say for a certain other host of this podcast. I've also um, seen it once. Nice. It's we're, bad. We're, we're very regular. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I wouldn't say that about me. Definitely not. Like. I, I've seen a lot of movies a lot of times. Yeah, you talked about this on the last episode, I think. I have, think. I, have I mentioned that Batman Forever is one of the movies that I've also seen, like, in excess of 20 times? No, but that's that's great. Yeah, the one where uh, the one where Val Kilmer plays Batman and he looks like a serial killer in it. And Danny DeVito is there. And no, that, there. no, no, oh. no, that's, the, that's uh, Batman Returns. Batman Returns, right, sorry. I was talking yeah, about that no. at work with a coworker the other day. This we was, about this how was, disgusting Danny DeVito looked. This was the first one, this was the one with uh, Harvey, uh, or um, Tommy Lee Jones as uh, Harvey Two-Face. Lee Jones. Oh, that's a very bad movie, thank you. Um, as Two-Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yeah. A lot of Jim Carrey movies I've seen just a lot of times. Yeah, we know about you and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. Uh, the the Flaming Lips are in that movie. I mean, there's a song by Flaming Lips in that movie, at least. Oh, I thought you meant that they made an appearance in that movie. No, they just, like, oh, they, I were... mean, they, make, they make a musical appearance in that movie. They were the Flying Graysons. They played the members <laughs> of the Flying Graysons. So, um... You know, I honestly would believe that. Yeah, like, whatever. It's, it's movies, baby. Um, yeah. So, we cut to um, the kid... Uh, the whose name is Martin, which again just contributes to the fact that he's a very very old ten year old. Like he he looks like a ten year old who's seen too much. Um, this ten year old is the baby who used to do those E Trade commercials. <laughs> so um, we cut to the framed photo of the family in um, and it's the in, same photo in Becca's apartment, and it's the same photo in on like the mantle at Martin's house where uh, his mom Sophie and he are grieving the death of uh, their father who just got fucked up by a monster. Yeah, um, like, I, I'm kind of curious as to what like the police report said for his cause of death there. I'm kind of curious like, how much time has passed because we don't really like, know. Yeah, is there like a hunt out for the guy who? obviously murdered Paul. Like, is es- Esther's probably, like, a prime suspect. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They probably arrested Esther. Did we mention that Esther was the star of the short movie? Because she is. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. They probably arrest her. Yeah, they... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, alright. So, we, we, um, we can go a bit faster through this movie. We're, we're like, we don't need to pour over every detail. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. So, so well, um, this so they're, is, uh, they're, 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 what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. Her, uh, uh, Martin's, Martin's, uh, older sister, Rebecca, gets a call and, like, it, no, 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 you're skip, you're skipping, uh, a considerable amount. So, basically, uh, No, I'm so, talking about when she goes to school and Martin's been, like, falling asleep in class. I'm not skipping a right, bunch, am I? You're, you're skipping, like, the whole scene with, um, the spooky house and, um, and Sophie's, like, obvious, like, depression. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so like Sophie like has been like grieving um 
Martin's dad uh, for a little bit now and has been talking to herself and like sort of barricading herself in her room and Martin while trying to sleep at night hears his mom talking to herself and goes to talk to her um and she right. has she's standing in her dark bedroom by like an open like by like an a door like to her like her bathroom or something that's like a jar and like full black like vanta black um and <laughs> Anish Kapoor contributed to this movie so yeah. um so uh he's like mom you can't be talking to yourself like i have i have like a stockbroker's meeting in the morning um and she's like oh don't don't you shouldn't be awake honey this is like time for grown-ups to be awake and like he like clearly notices like a very like threatening presence from like this open door in her bedroom and goes back to his room and tries to sleep but hears like horrible scratching noises outside the door and like and he he like can't he can't sleep basically He's, like, too freaked out by, like, this obviously freaky, like, paranormal activity that's happening in his house. So in homeroom the next day, he falls asleep, and they call Child Protective Services, um, and they tell him, like, oh, call your mom, and instead he calls his older sister, who is, like, estranged from him. His stepsister, right? Yeah, I think so. I think. No, I think think they're full siblings, right? Well, I mean... No, because no, 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 they are step siblings. You're right. Um, no, 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 they 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 weren't married into the family. No, no, no. It's okay. So oh, they're half siblings. Well, no, Rebecca was. They, they both came from Sophie. Right. So they're half siblings. Is that what that is? I don't. I thought half siblings was like half siblings is different father. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, they they call Becca, who shows up with her. Does she show up with her boyfriend? Yeah. Which is pretty weird. Yeah, Um, Which is pretty weird. Um, And why did they call Becca? Because they couldn't get a hold of Sophie. uh, I think I think the impression is that they let him call his mom, and and he called Becca instead. Okay, Um, because he seems like surprised that she came, meaning that it was sort of like a gamble for him to call her. Yeah. Um, So she shows up, and Child Protective Services is like, he fell asleep in homeroom three times this week. Um, so we need to, like, make sure everything's cool at home, and it's, like, apparently Sophie, the mom, is on antidepressants, and they're not sure if she's been, like, taking her medication. Uh Um, so, uh, Martin wants to go with Becca back to her house because he just really wants to sleep really badly. Yeah. Um, which we can all relate to. I need some sleep, he says. He, the, the delivery's just, I just need some sleep. Like, he's, he's not, like, upset, he's fed up. (laughs) um and so she's like i don't know if that's gonna work i have very spooky posters at my apartment um and i think that was just kind of like her saying like if you're at my apartment i can't bone down um (laughs) so uh she takes martin back to the house and has like a very like stiff like interaction with her mother who seems like pretty upset because becca like left home Mm -hmm. after um after uh Becca's father, um Sophie's first husband left. Yeah, and um, I'll, I'll also don't forget that uh 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 Martin mentions Diana on the way into the house. Right. He's like, oh she was she had a friend over and Becca's like, oh that seems like it's good news. Who is it? And he's like, Diana and Becca's like, oh God. Um like the she like she has like the worst like possible reaction to that. She's like, oh no. Yeah. Um, so 
the mom is um where were we all right so so um they take they go inside to have their like confrontation with the mom um the boyfriend is made to stay in the car by the way he's not allowed in the house yeah he's not actually a boyfriend he hasn't reached that status yet um and he's like why can't i come inside and beck is like because she's crazy yeah Um, he just that's just what that's just it yeah like um so while they're having this like discussion about like about becca like running away and abandoning her when she needed like somebody will is collecting all of his belongings and shoving them into a sleeping bag yeah he's Um, just like out of there like immediately like like becca turns to say get moving and then he's just like i got all my ready (laughs) he's like (laughs) um she like makes a threat to her mom like until you get your shit together martin is gonna come stay with me and she's like oh no 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 and she's like martin get your things and he steps into frame fully packed yeah. Like, I'm good. I am uh, I am Gucci. They uh get in the car and they drive off with him and Martin like sticks his head out the window's like, sorry mom and they drive off. <laughs> um and uh Sophie is like drawn back into the house, like visibly upset. Oh, and mm-hmm. we forgot um that uh Martin gets spooked out and tries to investigate his dad's office at the house and something slams the door shut and we see like Esther no, we're not Esther. What's her name? Um, uh, Diana. Why did I think Esther? Am I thinking of Orphan? I am thinking of Orphan. Um, Diane, like, slams the door shut and her silhouette appears for, like, a split second. And he's like, yeah. alright, like, best not to Bye. mess in that room. Yeah, like, not doing that in the middle of the day. Um, so they go back to Becca's apartment and they have, like, a nice, friendly, like, sibling interaction. She, like, combs his hair. It's very nice. Um, he seems very safe, like, he feels very safe there. Yeah. Um, the the boyfriend is also there, correct? Yeah, no, wait, is he? I don't know. No, he's not. I I wasn't keeping, I wasn't very, I wasn't very much keeping track of Brett's actions. Yeah, they, um, because you figured he was, like, a lost cause. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't expect him to make it out of this movie alive. (laughs) Right, because he does seem very disposable, doesn't he? Absolutely. Um, Especially, um, especially being like a uh, the buff kind of buff looking guy that he is. Yeah, and he he um, she brings her brother back to the house and like they're getting ready like to go to like bed or whatever. And he's like, he's like, listen, like I just want to make sure that you think you're doing right. And she's like, he's my brother. He's like, okay, but are you doing this for his good? Or are you doing this to hurt your mom? And she's like, I think you should leave because like <laughs> she wasn't prepared for that kind of realness. Uh, yeah, and he drives off. Um. And they are sleeping, and the um, the big neon tattoo sign outside of um, outside of Becca's apartment is like buzzing on and off, producing like intermittent. Like you see where this is going. Yeah, and then um, like the the, the 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 goth ghost pops up and is like, "What's up? I'm here." Yeah, pops up. And, it, it, no, it's like the lights in the apartment go out, and she's sitting like in the like door. Like the door frame, like, yeah, scratching her like, like scratching her claws against the floor and producing this like very like off like this very unsettling like noise that sounded like Luna's click wheel on her very loud mouse. Yeah, like that. Um, thank Is you. That cl- getting that closer to the mic. There we go. Great foley work on this episode of Fear Baiting. Um, yeah, she she scratched her claws across the floor like. And the lights will flicker on and off, but there's like nobody there. 
and then the walls will ooze green slime. Um, so, uh... That's what ooze they're, sounds like. They're, like, yeah, they're very freaked out by this, and, like, she disappears when the neon tattoo sign, uh, flickers on. Yeah. Um, and I guess she's, like, she's, like, cut the lights. She's, like, flipped them off. Um, so, seeing this happen, and seeing that, uh, Diana has sort of, like, caught on to the fact that she is awake, she runs to the, uh, door switch and turns it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the door switch, the light switch, uh, which makes, uh, Diana disappear. Um, and she goes through, she goes into her bathroom, which has, like, a bead curtain. And, yeah. like, um, upon coming back, she realizes that Diana, under, like, her carpet or whatever, has scratched, like, her own name and, like, a goofy stick figure of herself. Yeah. And then there's a flashback to when, uh, Becca was a kid, and it's like... I'm gonna draw daddy and mommy and me. And the then, only thing that kids can draw with crayons. Yeah, yeah, and then she turns her head away for a second, she looks back and the drawing's gone. And then in her, then she finds the drawing in her closet and dad has been scribbled out and then Diana's stick figure is there. So it's a gay ghost. Yeah. Um, Diana wants to marry Sophie so she, so she can be uh, Becca's other mommy. Yeah, and you know this. That's actually this movie's a, a lot better. If if you view this as uh, Becca, or not Becca, as Sophie and Diana being lesbians, this movie's a lot better. No, I do think there was some of that subtext there. I do think that there was like it was like an, a. It's very weird because un- normally, normally I like go for that stuff at the at the slightest hint, but I didn't pick up on any of that. But you're not wrong. It's it's more like when you choose to look at it that way, a lot of yeah. things like suddenly make sense. Um, and like it's. We'll we'll get into that later, but um, yeah, we're, we're still in plot summary town. Um, yeah, so so very freaked out by this, and like obviously, like obviously, Becca has experience with this uh, goth ghost, uh, the gay goth ghost, the GGG. Um, <laughs> uh, she calls up her boyfriend. Every, wait, hold on, like find, find another find another find another G to add to that, and we can get our we can get a, a channel on television. <laughs> the G four. <laughs> and and it'll only play cops. <laughs> You're thinking of Spike. No, cops cops and cheaters. Those are the two things that G4 was allowed to play after all their gaming programming went under. Is that really Is that, I don't remember I never had G4. I only caught it when I was at like relatives whose house had cable. Yeah, it was like it was like almost all day it was cops and then like a couple of episodes of cheaters in the afternoon and then, and then like, attack of the show and then attack of the show the one tech and and or gaming related piece of programming that they had left x play was gone by this point yeah god is uh, g4 still around they i'm pretty sure they're not Ugh, rest in peace i'm uh, pretty sure comcast killed them yeah that sounds about right uh like comcast bought the channel and then killed it um <laughs> Because like they like someone had to do it, someone had to put them out of their misery. Um, someone had to pull the trigger, <laughs> right? So um, Becca calls um, her her swarthy boyfriend, um, her swarthy sexy boyfriend, um, her swarthy sexy Cal uh, Drogo looking boyfriend. No, he doesn't look like Cal Drogo. He looks like Dario Naharis. Okay, fine, but Dario Naharis with the face of Adam Scott. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. But, like, if Adam Scott, like... If Adam Scott smoked a lot of weed. If Adam Scott smoked a lot of weed and... And had the... And had the hag ghost... If Adam Scott had the hag ghost sit on his chest... The night hag. Night Um, hag, sorry. A touch of night hag. Um, 
So she calls up her uh, boyfriend like it's an emergency. You got, hey, like, do you have do you have scratches on your video game disc and they won't play? Just put a bit of night hag on there, cleans them right up. <laughs> just rub a little bit of night hag. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first heard someone tell me that witch hazel is what you use to help with scratches in video games, I thought they were I thought they were just like being uh, like funny to me because that just sounds like the most made up bullshit I've ever heard of in my life. I didn't realize that witch hazel does that. Does that? I've I, always used uh, toothpaste, and toothpaste has never done me wrong. That's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember reading like Game, uh, game Informer or whatever that was like, "Hey, put some witch hazel on that shit. Go nuts." Because I, I had a Game Informer subscription. I also had a Game Informer subscription. I actually have a Game Informer subscription because I actually am still a Power Up Rewards. No, member. yeah, I, I still have the uh, the digital one, and I asked them to switch it to the physical one, and they were like, "Sure, just give us your address," and I gave it to them. And then they were like, they sent me another email that was like, "Hey, give us your address and subscriber number," and I was like, "Absolutely not, I'm not looking that up." And now I have a digital subscription. Um, <laughs> Okay, we need to get through this movie a little bit faster because we're coming yeah, yeah, up yeah. on an hour of recording. Oh god! I mean, remember they did spend an hour on just the plot summary of The Shining. <laughs> yeah, so they so she calls up the boyfriend like it's an emergency, and she's like, "You have to take us back to our mom's house." Basically, oh no, the social worker shows up first. I forgot about that. Yeah. The social worker's like, "Hey, did you like kidnap your your brother?" And she's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "No, you don't understand. This isn't how this works. If you want to become his legal guardian, that's fine, but you have to sue your mom for custody first of all, which I don't know if you want to do that. And second of all, like you have to have a house like that a kid can live in. Like you have to prove that you're like a responsible adult." And she's like, "I can be responsible." And the social worker looks at like a bong sitting like three feet away, um, <laughs> and is like, "Uh huh," um, and like takes her back to the mom's house. And is and he's like, sorry, Becca, you tried, but at least I got some sleep. Um, uh, in the bathtub, by the way, don't forget. Oh, that's right. Because um, so, when he conks out, like he's in the bathtub because she yeah, doesn't have another bed. I forgot about that. Um, so Becca um, is like, hey, pick me up and take me to my mom's house, um, where she's like, she's like confronting her about um, about Diane. Uh, cause she's like, I'm, she tells, uh, Martin, like, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anybody, which is that I used to like, after like my dad left, mom got really depressed and I, and like, I started to have nightmares about Diana, but like, she's not real. Don't worry about it. And this was like the night she was talking about this with him the night before they actually saw her. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to tell you what nobody told me, which is I, I believe you go surreal. Like, that's it. Um, when does she? Uh, when do we get to my favorite part of the movie, where the, where she goes into the uh, the, the, the files? Ha- yeah, the files. Is that okay. Up? So, yeah, she goes back. So to the let's house. let's jump ahead a little bit. Cause... She goes back to the house with the boyfriend, and they basically break in. The mom is not home. Yeah. Um, uh, and I guess Martin's like still at school. Yeah, he is. Um, and she goes into the dad's office and digs through his files and finds a bunch of like personnel files and like tape recordings from a psychiatric facility where I guess uh, Sophie stayed as a youngster for her depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and there she, this is all delivered through like tape exposition and like newspaper clippings and yep. because, like and, the uh, dad had been doing research. Yeah, we, we hear the tape like recording and it's like, this girl can't be exposed to sunlight. And then like, we hear some background noise of like, hold her down. And then we just hear some, it, it yeah. ends in like a bang or something. Yeah, yeah. They're and like, then, oh, then we're going flashes- to, <laughs> we're, they're like, we're going to give her this experimental procedure. Um, 
for, which uh, treats her like rare skin condition. Like she can't have any contact with sunlight, but like we figured out a way to like cure her of it with like light, with a lot of light, basically. Yeah, and, immersion therapy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, they um, they ask her like about why she like hurt uh, Sophie, um, and she's like. Because she's my friend and she was going to get better. Uh, so, like, you know, a very healthy relationship. And then we come straight to, like, her giving, being given the experimental procedure. And they're like, hold her down, hold her down. We hear her screaming. And then we see, like, file photos of, like, just an a, ash a ch- cloud in the shape of a person on the chair. So, like, she yeah. definitely got fucking vaporized by this. I mean, this, uh, this, is, what, this is what hospice was about, right? No, like, so this is the bonkers premise of this movie, is that Sophie had a friend um, who couldn't go in sunlight and also who was, was, like, who was, abusive. Who, she was medically goth. Yeah, medically goth. Like, in the one picture that we see of her, she's carrying, like, a parasol and is, like, shrouded in shadow. Yeah. Um, it's, like, Sophie's, like, the light element friend, and Diana's the dark element friend. Um, she's the black mage. Uh, and she got vaporized by this procedure and became a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the premise. That's it. that's the thing. And then she's a ghost who can only operate in uh, in in the shadows, except for also she can kind of move around in blacklight. Right. Um. Here's here's the thing. Do we like? Do we know for a fact that she was literally vaporized, or did she just die? Because the movie makes it seem like she literally fucking like turned into an ash cloud. I, I think that's what happened. That's fucking gr- great. <laughs> like it's like they they like fucking they fucking duck dodgers laser gun ass like turned her into a pile of ash with like the floating with like the little giant eyeballs floating after the laser gun. Right. So um so she discovers that she puts all the stuff in a box and is like, "Hey, my mom's coming home. We got to leave." And the boyfriend's like, "What's all that for?" She's like, "Evidence." So they they leave right as the mom and Martin are showing up and she's like the mom is like, "We're going to have a movie night. I think this would be good for us. Just the three of us." And Martin's like smile immediately turns into like a very deep frown. And he's yeah, like, "Yeah, he he's not really excited about the sriracha chips he got to get at the store anymore." <laughs> Right, the one grocery item peeking out of the bag. Um, yeah. And he's like, Mom, how about we do it just the two of us? And she, like, visibly uncomfortable. is like, we'll see, honey. Yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not much in the mood for building castles in the sky. <laughs> bad, bad, <laughs> bad. This podcast uh, is great. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, this is good. We're making magic here. Um, so... That they're having their, like, movie date or whatever. And yeah. in the middle of it, like, I can't remember if Sophie turns off the lights or if the lights cut. But she basically tries to, again, immersion therapy, like, Martin into, like, being cool with the murder ghost living in his house. Um, and he's like, Mom, Mom, I don't like this. And she's like, no, 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 honey, you don't understand. I thought she was dead for a long time, but she came back. It was and genuinely ne- creepy. Like, and I neglected her, but she's she's here now. It's good. And Martin's like, Mom, 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 I'm really not cool with this. Mom, and runs and turns on a light. And, like, and Diana, like, no joke, pimp slaps Sophie, like, across the face and sends her flying to the, the floor. Martin runs out of the house. And all and, the way over to Rebecca's house, which, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't find my way out of, I, I like, got lost in, like, maybe, like, a f- I got lost in, like, a quarter mile of trees when I was, when I was 12 years old. 
Right. Yeah. Like, we've all been there. <laughs> like this kid found his way from so like I couldn't I could not okay. navigate my way out of a fucking forget, paper bag when I was ten. The navigational aspect of this. How did he travel such a great distance on his little kid legs? Um, he's he's been he's been training for the Boston Marathon. My theory is that uh, he's very mature, so he just called uh, a chauffeur. Um, no, he, he got an Uber. He got an Uber. Yeah, he's like he's like out of breath when he gets there, though, implying like he ran the whole way. And he's like, "Hey, like mom's completely gone off the deep end. Let's, yeah, let's do something about this." So they basically the movie undergoes like a genre shift at this point, um, where they go to the house to confront the mom. Um, and, and it's like this mom's... is this is where this is where the James Wan like signature comes in of like the jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, and they're like normally. The, the way one of my professors always described it is that like horror, really good horror movies always build tension like a valve that's becoming overpressure and then lets it out once and you like you build that tension for a long time and James Wan, I, I think I admire him for this. He manages to like just condense a like fifteen jump scares into like a fifteen minute sequence and it doesn't right. feel like stale or anything. Yeah, like it, it, it should. By all metrics, it should feel incredibly stale once you get to like the end. Once you get like close to the end, like it doesn't. Right. This the premise of this movie allows for a lot of cool, like inventive, like yeah. scares and things. Um, it basically undergoes a shift, kind of to like an almost Home Alone like style, like home invasion like mm-hmm. like if home alone was a horror movie and also the wet bandits were ghosts that could only be in light no um, your next your next is what if home alone was a horror movie oh okay it's, i guess i gotta watch that one then no it's it's um, really good like I, I i may have undersold it last week but like i feel like that might just be the nature of how i talk about movies it's i really did like your next okay all right I, I will i definitely am gonna give it a shot because that's like a pretty rave review um so like and again horror home alone is like i'm sold um, like one one a really good a really good strong female protagonist. I hate to use you know the strong female protagonist, strong female but like, but like it's a really good strong female protagonist, like somewhat reminiscent of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Oh, okay. But like right. more resource, like more resourceful than that. All right. Um. Wait. So. Um. Right. So. Um. Th- this is like a, the most bonkers part of the movie like in terms of dialogue where the dinner like, the dinner seat the dinner table yeah where they're like hey mom eating pizza like you've been talking to diane and diane is dead mom like she's it, it, well, hold on sorry sorry to like sorry to like nitpick sorry to like but it's I, diana is a very different sounding name from diane to me because diane sounds, sounds like, like, like a 40 year old woman <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and diana sounds like something <laughs> the ghost yeah. Yeah, Diana sounds like more youthful, more creepy. I get. Yeah, that. Diane sounds like someone who has that that haircut that like wants to speak to your manager. Right. They when I when I picture a Diane, I picture Liza Minnelli. So, um Oh my god, I got uh, sorry to like sorry to derail, but like we um I got extremely yelled at by a customer last night like 5 minutes before closing because I wouldn't sell her a fish. Why wouldn't you sell her a fish? What's the, because, the hang up? Because there it was a, there was a store pol- there's a store policy thing where a customer needs to have had a tank running for 48 hours with a heater and a filter at least before we're allowed to sell the fish to them. Mhm. Because, because otherwise the fish will die. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean like the fish won't guaranteed die but like it's more likely It'll suffer not. health problems, yeah. Yeah. 
And like this woman gets extremely mad at me and like show me where it tell where it says I have to provide a filter for my goldfish and I point her to the thing that's written on the tank that says goldfish need a tank and filter. <laughs> and then she, and then she just like gets incredibly angry at me and she starts like yelling and asking for my manager. Um he comes, she asks for his manager, he says, that manager is not here right now, but I can give you his name. And then she asks for that guy's manager, too. Oh, good. Just all the way up to the chain of to Yeah, the, the regional manager, yep. Alright. And it great. was just, yeah, that that was a really fun way to end my Welcome shift last night. Welcome to retail. Um, um, I remember my, my first day on the job, I got stuck at the register for like, 30 minutes past the end of my shift because a woman was really having a hard time applying a $5 coupon to her uh, rewards card. Nice. But she didn't want to leave without it. This is this is definitely worth an hour of my time, you know? Yeah. Um, this $5. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so um, she's like... She's like, Mom, you've been talking to Diana. Diana's not real. And Diana is dead. We saw that she got vaporized. I have the tapes. And the mom is like, the mom is like, she's like, Mom, we have an autopsy report. She's like, those things can be faked. You sound like a crazy person. I'm like, are you sure? Oh, it's so nuts. I honestly really am upset that Blair missed this movie. I would have. Yeah, because like. Blair would have have gone nuts over that scene. Like, oh my god, like, and this is the point where they're like, she is so far off the deep end. She's like, okay, like, we, what we are going to do is we are going to stay the night here, and we are going to, like, get, like, make sure that, um, Martin is safe, and we're gonna get to the bottom of this. And, like, and we're gonna do this until you get better. Because, like, until you get better, this isn't going to stop. Um, because, like, at this point, they realize that Diana directly feeds off of Sophie's, like, negative energy. Um, yeah. And that is, that is, like, she thrives upon it. And the, the more depressed and the more isolated, um, Sophie gets, the more powerful Diana becomes, which, interesting implications there. Um, so, we, um... I mean, it's basically, it, it, this is basically Wonderland from the Adventure Zone. Uh, I am not that far in the adventure zone. Do not spoil anything for me, Luna. <laughs> okay, no, that's like, uh, that's like a very, I guess that's a, the t- it's like, that's like the tiniest spoiler I could do for the, for, uh, like, it's very evident, like, the first episode into Wonderland. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so, basically, the long and short of this is they, um, they set up, like, all of their traps, they buy a lot of light bulbs, which... This house had almost no lights before, because I guess Diana encouraged Sophie to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, So the curtains are always drawn, the house is always dark, which obviously, like, doesn't help her depression any. No, um, not at all. Like, so let's, I think I think we should like fast forward through this. Like, okay, okay, okay. They they, they they set a lot of traps. They set a lot of light things. They make a lot of precautions. They all sleep in the house. Um things escalate when Diana, I guess, gets it in her head that, like, now she can get rid of all of them at once and just, like, be, like, with Sophie alone forever. Um, yeah. So she she does a lot of, you know, she targets the members of the family. Um, yeah, I think she goes for she, Brett first, right? She goes for Brett first because Brett is um, the easiest target because he's by himself. Um, yeah. Sleeping downstairs. 
Um, so Diana goes to kill him, and he very smartly improvises using his phone's lock screen as a light to force her to dematerialize. Brett turns out to be the smartest person in this movie. Like, yeah, like by a mile. He improvises. Well, hold on, hold on. Wait, I I think calling him the smartest person is a disservice to Martin. Okay, yeah. He, he Okay, Martin is very smart and, like, very capable, but he doesn't improvise two very good methods of forcing Diana to dissipate like Brett does. To, yeah, because Brett, Brett uses Brett, the light, and then, like, Diana drags him outside and is, like, about to slam, like, slam him over his knee, over her knee, like, Bane style. Yeah, he's, like, ten feet in the air, and she's, like, lifting him up, and he clicks his car's key fob, and the headlights flash, and she drops yeah. him on the ground, allowing him to yeah. get in the car and drive away, which oh, man, sounds we're, we're very gonna... bad. But it's it's really good, actually. Yeah, it sounds very bad because they're locked in the basement by Diana at this point, and he's not able to help them, and they think that he's abandoning them, which they both mm-hmm. have like weird things about because because Becca abandoned Martin, and Becca her, was abandoned by her dad, or so yeah. she's under the impression at least. Yeah. Um, so they uh, explore the basement and find a black light, which they discover. Um, first they discover, like, Diana's weird, like, den in the basement where she's, like, written on the wall and, like, she doesn't have blood, so I guess it's ectoplasm. Like, she's made, like, handprints all over over the place and she said things like, stuck here in the dark, like, just like the hospital, like, yada, yada, yada. And there are, like, mannequins down there because, like, of course they are, and she's, like, marked them as, like, members of the family and, like, disfigured them. Yeah. Um, and, and there's one for Becca's dad, um, that she's, like, fucked up. Um, yeah. Which she takes as, like, confirmation that, like, Becca's dad didn't run away. Like, she was, m- he was murdered by Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, uh, just like the dad, Paul. Um, so they find her, like, physically manifesting in this dark basement. And they find that while she is uh, under the effect of a black light, she f- has physical presence and can be harmed by light. Um, which um, you think is going to pay off in a satisfying way, and it doesn't really, um, because the movie goes in a different, worse direction. Um, so, basically, the police show up, uh, Brett comes back with the police, and hooray, the police are here! Um, and they, like, immediately get fucked up. Um, yeah, like man, I'm really worried they were gonna. Get, I'm I'm really worried the episode is gonna get copyright stricken because my dad is like blasting Tom Petty downstairs. I can hear the gonna... bass and only the bass. <laughs> okay, good. Hopefully, Tom Petty is not that litigious. Tom Petty's like I recognize that fucking bass line. Um, anyway, uh, the police show up and instantly get like their lives ruined. Yeah, they um, do. They hold the gun and the flashlight in the weird way. Yeah, they do like the. Gun in one hand. Yeah, um, flashlight in the right hand, gun in the left, but then they cross them. And it looks very cool, but ultimately does not save Wait, them. no, I realize why they do that. Because they normally hold two hands, so that the recoil is not that much. By right, bracing, right, right. It's by, bracing yeah. by bracing the left the right the left hand with the right, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, duh. Um <laughs> I no, didn't realize. But it also looks very cool. Yeah, like, it looks like it looks like swag as fuck. Yeah, not to glorify the police on this podcast, but no. it looks swag as fuck. Um, but anyone can do it. You, you, I can, you can hold a gun and flashlight like that. I can yeah, do it. Anyone can do it. All you need is a gun and a flashlight. Which, like, in you know, in Trump's America, anyone can get a gun and a flashlight. Um, so uh, the police get fucked up. 
And uh, they have, and meanwhile, upstairs, Sophie has, like, realized that, like, her emotional state directly gives power to Diana, who she now is mad at because Diana is harming her family. Uh Uh-huh. And she tries to take her antidepressants, but Diana, like, again, like, clocks her the fuck out. Yeah. um, And, uh, like, hides her medication. Um, which, you know, these are all interesting, like, actual abuse tactics, so there's a lot to Mm. unpack there. Um, so, um, there's a final confrontation downstairs where it looks like Diana is going to kill, um, Martin and, uh, Becca. Rebecca, Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, because they, despite having a blacklight and, um, a flashlight, it's not enough to really, like, deter her. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I, we got a very cool moment earlier where the, one of the cops has a gun and um, upon seeing Diana, <laughs> yeah, he lowers his flashlight or other, or otherwise like uses that hand to grab the uh, to stabilize the handgun. And each time he pops off the gun, Diana disappears for a split second, um, which is very good from the muzzle flash. Yeah. Um, it's it's really cool, but ultimately he gets fucked up. So now there's a gun in the house, um, which Sophie finds her way downstairs and um, is basically holding Diana at gunpoint with the gun. She says like, like you said, you weren't hurt my family, and like Diana in her Gollum voice is like, that won't hurt me. And um, uh, Sophie's like but this will and like holds the gun to her head and becca's like what are you doing and she's like saving my children and blows her fucking brains out Um, yeah which which causes uh diana to like disappear in an ash cloud like voldemort at the end of the last harry potter movie Um, yeah and then the resolution is like uh martin brett and uh becca sitting in the back of an ambulance like it's a very like kind of supernatural episode ending Mm-hmm. For the characters that aren't Sam and Dean. Like, right. sorry to bring up Supernatural, but... <laughs> yeah. This counts as a Supernatural ending for uh, for a harm, <laughs> because uh, things went right. Um, yeah. Um, it, like, the light in the ambulance flickers for a split second, and Becca, like, visibly flinches, and Brett's like, nah, it's good, like, we're all safe now. And it's like, they get to be, like, a family together, and it's, like, yeah. a hopeful note, but, like... We gotta talk about, like, the shitty implications of that ending, first of all. Yeah. Okay. Like... So, she, she... The first thing is, she doesn't seem, like, very reasonably shaken by the fact that her mother just, like, blew her... Like, like strained relationship or not, like... Yeah. Like, she's, she's like, she's very distraught in the moment, but then afterwards she's just kind of, like, shaken a little bit. Yeah. Um, but she's also just kind of like, well, at least it's over. Um... But, like, the the whole, like, resolution of this is, like, they provided, like, a mechanism by which the ghost could be harmed in a not-so-interesting way beyond, like, the mechanics of it. Um, yeah. But then they went the way that, like, Sophie killed herself to, like, release the burden that her mental state was placing on her family. And that has such shitty implications. Like, that was my immediate reaction upon leaving. Yeah, okay, I didn't pick up on that, which is weird, because, like, I have, like, super, I have, like, very much depression, and I think I would have, should have caught up on that, caught that, but... Yeah, and, like, that was, like, the very first, like, thing. Like, when I saw the trailer for this, I wasn't expecting the the ending to be, depression is a ghost that will harm your family until you off yourself. Right. Like, the whole thing about, like, you know, depression being, like, 
a physical, like, malevolent presence is something that we've seen before in a lot of things. We saw it, like, most notably, I think, in the Babadook. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen that, honestly. Oh, okay. Really? I need that's, to, but... That's surprising. Oh, I know, I know. I, I only got into horror about, like, this time last year. Like, I've only been into horror movies for, like, a year or so. <laughs> oh, right. That's the premise of the podcast, sort of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, God, we've almost been doing this show for... A- we started this show, like, early April, so, like, it's almost been a year. Oh, wow. That's um, nuts. So, alright, so, yeah, the most notably, like, that's the, like, shittiest implication of the ending, which is that, like, the ethically responsible thing to do if, like, your mental health is placing a burden on your family is to kill yourself, especially because they were directing the movie in, like, they were putting the movie in the direction of, like, you know, if you if you take your you know antidepressants and you make the effort to get better and you really commit to getting better, like then the limit on you know the burden on you and your family will be lifted. Like you just yeah. have to commit to it. But like the fact that they ultimately were like not quick enough, like we need to do it this other way instead. Like that ending would have worked just as good if like she popped an antidepressant into her mouth and like Diana dissipated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like she, you know left, she left a, would, a spilled pill bottle upstairs too, like right. But the pills did disappear. But um, but even so, like I I would almost feel like it's possible that they did that ending and like it didn't do well with test audiences, so they did this other one instead. It's like the I am yeah. thing. Holy shit! This base is so much. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I can Wait, hear it. Hold hold on, hold on. That's there's a reason. It, Holy fucking shit. There's a reason you're only hearing the bass. It's because only the bass is playing. My dad is playing the bass line to feel like making love in the basement <laughs> out of his amp. Oh my god. I just did the ugliest laugh at that. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Have, have you ever seen the Simpsons episode where Homer is listening to the song in the car and Ned Flanders is like, now you're telling me that you wrote this song? And Flanders goes, <laughs> yep. I mean, Homer goes, yep, for Lady Die. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but um, I did have a Simpsons moment of my myself. You may have seen my tweet about it, but um, you remember the clip show episode where uh, Bart shakes up a can of Duff so much that it explodes and puts Homer in a coma? Yes. Yeah, that I um, I was shot. I was over at my girlfriend's house. We both decided to shotgun a beer. So I sit over the. I, we put it over the sink because we don't want to spill anything. I puncture the can, and it just explodes in my face. <laughs> Like on the ceiling, there is there's a spray of beer. There is a me shaped hole in that spray. It's like a blood splatter scene. Oh, that's excellent. So what you're saying is you got vaporized in an experimental beer uh, therapy. Yes, yes. I was a beer goth. <laughs> um, Wait, no, no, no. Sorry, no. I was straight edge, and the the beer vaporized me. Excellent. Um, this, so, that, that is that is how you kill Brooks. That's how you do it. Um. Uh, finally, uh, uh, we can lift the curse. Um, finally a solution. Oh, God. Um, okay, so the other thematically interesting thing about this movie, I think, is, like, the, like, under, like, the the pretty overt, like, uh, abuse, like, the abusive relationship, which, like, you could look at it as an abusive friendship or, like, a romantic thing, like, depending yeah. on, like, on, like, what you think makes more sense but i think they both work you you get this stuff about how um about how diana um could like had like the ability supposedly to like influence people and convinced like sophie that um that 
Diana was her friend, um, mm-hmm. even though she, like, really wasn't. The fact that she yeah. harmed her in an effort to sabotage her recovery. Um, the fact that she deliberately isolates her from her friends and family. Um, yeah. The, the fact that she hides her medications. Um, Fuck. And, and, the, and the fact that she We missed 420. Ah! That's not so nice. We just rolled straight past it. <laughs> Choo-choo! Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> um, sorry to derail that very that, serious conversation. No, yeah, the fact that she like hides her medication, the fact that she isolates her from friends and family, yada, yada, yada. And the fact that she ultimately becomes physically violent towards her yeah. and towards others. Like, this is all, like, textbook abuse. Like, uh-huh. all of it. And it's, like, the, like, standard, like, way by which abuse escalates, too. Um, yeah. The, o- the only element that we don't really see, um, and that's because it's impossible, because we're talking about a ghost here, is, like, financial, like, dependence. Yeah. Like, she hasn't made... I think... Yeah, she hasn't made Sophie, like, financially dependent on her, because ghosts don't have bank accounts. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up some, cause you, 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 the way you would talk about that kind of reminded me of something else. This isn't really, this isn't my recommendation for the week, but I do want to like recommend that people check it out. Um, you've played The Walking Dead, right? The games? Um, I played the first season. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. Stop there. There's this video that I found a little while ago that talks about, um, the abusive relationship that surfaces in season two. Um, and I, like, the way you just talked about this kind of re- reminded me of that. Like, this is that, this is the only re- relation, but I would recommend people check it out. It, the video is just called We Don't Talk About Kenny. Kenny, um, Kenny being the, the, uh, trucker hat wearing dude, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not, it doesn't, th- this doesn't show up in season one. Like, he's not abusive in season one. <laughs> I mean, we kind of get the impression that he's kind of, like, a hard-ass and, like, controlling of his wife. But other than that. Yeah. Like, we get moments of him, like, shouting at his wife and kid. Yeah, but it's like it, it's very bad in season two. It, it, it's just a really good video that I've watched. I, I I've watched multiple times, and I kind of want to go back and watch it again. It's like twenty minutes long. I recommend it. Kenny, can't Kenny die in uh, in season one? Uh, I mean, there's actually no way out of season one without Kenny dying. Interesting. But. So. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to spoil you on season two, but don't no, play it's, it. It's it's fine. Like, in the sec in the second in the second episode of season two, like you find out that Kenny didn't actually die in however he you however he wound up dying for you in season one, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure for most people was uh, uh, him uh, was Ben uh, well not Ben um was him falling uh, when you escape when you're trying to like run around the city and like mm-hmm. due to a broken uh, balcony. And yeah. he has to, like, fight his way out through the zombies, and there's the implication that he, like, shoots two zombies and then shoots himself in the head because he's only got three bullets. Right. I don't remember how exactly they explain out of that one, but, you know, he's, he survives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and it turns out he's, like, an abusive dude. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Okay. Um... I'll, I can link you... The, I'll, I'll link you the video. I can put it in the show notes, too. Anyway, cool. so this... Did you have anything else to say about the uh, nature of the abusive relationship, or was that the, I the guess, crux of it? I, I don't know. Do we want to talk more about, like, whether or not we consider it to be a romantic thing, or is it kind of like, who cares? I think, like, either way, it's... I think it is... I don't know if it was intended as romantic, but, like, they definitely came across as that, now that I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. Because, mm-hmm. like, otherwise, it, like... Uh, 
whenever I like say they're not gay, they're just friends. Like my mind just instantly pops to that gif of like Megamind, and it says, "Why can't two guys just be friends instead of being homosexuals?" Is that it? Wait, what? You haven't seen that? I have not seen this. Megamind gay friend gif. Full disclosure, just, I've also never seen Megamind. Like, Megamind's time. actually a good movie. Okay, yeah, alright. I mean, I, I... Based on, like, the amount of people on my, like, dashboard, like, when that movie came out, who were, like, joke-obsessed with it, like... No, it's, like, actually good, and it handles the night. It handles the nice guy uh, thing. It, 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 like, really tackles the, the nice guy kind of mentality super well. In this movie about a blue, like, alien supervillain. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, I found it. <laughs> yeah, okay. The gif is of Megamind strolling, and it says, I wish people would just let two people be f- good friends without saying they are gay or lesbo. Here, let me link it to you. Oh, good. This better be, like, at least as good as, um, that, uh, picture of the onceler shaking his hips and Jack Frost going, like, wow. Um. Yeah. Just go ahead and hover on that if you want to see the gif move. Boy, that's... Hmm. <laughs> Why does that exist? That's my question. I don't, I don't really know. Anyways, um, so let's wrap this up. Let's end. The, let's end this movie discussion. Yeah. Um, like. O- so on, overall, on, a, on a scale of zero to five, uh, what do you think? What should be our, our goofy metric? Um, yeah. Because like scale, my my mind goes to Ursat's uh, Willem Dafoe, but uh, if you have anything else, I'd be willing to go for it. Uh, on a scale. Of zero to five, um, sriracha chips. <laughs> okay, yeah, zero to five sriracha chips, and I like sriracha a lot. So the hot, the more chips I give this, the, it's gonna be a very good rating. Um, I'm gonna give this like up until the weird implication, weird and shitty implications at the end. Like this is actually like it's it's kind of actually pretty close to a four for me. Yeah, um, like it's, it's it's like I feel like. I was telling you about this, but, like, from what I've seen of James Wan, like, again, I've never really seen a complete picture of his beforehand, but, like, the what, I, what I've what i taken from, what I, like, the clips and bits and pieces of stuff that I have seen is that, like, his movies, like, have a really narrow area that they can, like, they, they, they don't seem to go lower than a two and a half, and they won't go higher than a three and a half for me. Like, the, like his movies have a really, like, a really high, a relatively high floor and a kind of a low ceiling, too. Yeah, they, but his movies always have, like, this kind of, like, third act, like, ugh. Like yeah, third the third act of like uh, what's what's the movie with um oh Insidious like Insidious definitely has that with like the fucking like upside down that they go to like where oh yeah Insidious like, Insidious is the one where like that that there's that jump scare of the, like the guy with the Darth Maul paint right yeah okay and he's like the big bad demon guy gotcha um, um and they go to like his spooky clown dimension and it's <laughs> right I forgot about that. Wait, so you have seen it? I've seen parts of it. I, I've seen, uh, uh, I, I've seen, like, clips, and I watched the, uh, the stupid CinemaSins Everything Wrong With uh, Insidious back when I was a fan of CinemaSins. Well, that's the ultimate CinemaSin, is being a fan of CinemaSins. <laughs> have you watched any of those, uh, Everything Wrong With Everything Wrong With CinemaSins videos? Uh, I saw one of them, yeah. They're, they're very good. Yeah, I love them, because, like... <sighs> It's just, like, the worst, like, how to combine, like, oh, I'm so much smarter than you, like, film criticism with also not paying attention to the movie. No, it's incredibly derivative. Like, one of my, one of, like, I, I, because I hate myself, like, a couple of months ago I decided to watch uh, the iRobot one. Have you seen iRobot? 
I just watched iRobot for the first time like two, three weeks ago. Okay, so remember that scene where, uh, oh, spoiler warning for iRobot, where the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Earmuffs, the reason, people. The reason that, the reason that uh, Will Smith, remember that, like, the reason that Will Smith hates robots is because the robot chose to save him because of the girl when they right. both, when there was the car crash. Yeah. And, um,. Cinemason is like, well, I mean, it's a good reason to hate the robot, but why the hell would the robot save you over the girl? I mean, the girl is clearly gonna live longer than you. And then, like, because he completely they... he completely ignores the detail where the robot was like, there's a fifty percent chance of right. Will Smith surviving right. and like a four percent chance of the girl surviving. Right, like the robot, like Will Smith literally lays out like he literally says that like seconds after. Oh I got so fucking angry at that. And that's ha- that's like just the CinemaSins experience. Is like it if, is. You li- if you listen for two more seconds, like then the truth will reveal itself. You fucking did you watch idiots. the did you watch the Civil War one? No, but I I just saw everybody sharing it the other day, uh, like two days ago. Yeah, no, it only came out a couple of days ago. Because there's a scene where did you see Civil War? Yeah, and I, and I liked what? it a lot. Yeah, when when the the government guy is introducing the Sokovia Accords to the uh, the Avengers, he's like, "Yeah, these are the Sokovia Accords," because the Sokovia thing happened like a, lo- a a relatively long time ago, and these accords have been in the works for like some time. Yeah, and like and the CinemaSins guy is like, "Well, why the fuck didn't the Avengers know about that? That's been in the works forever." And like, there's a, he's like literally showing a scene of Steve looking at Tony, like, "Why didn't you fucking tell us about this?" And, and then Tony he says guilty. it, and then yeah. he says it. He, he explicitly says, says, like, he says, like, Tony, like, why didn't you tell us about this? And Tony's like, because, like, you guys didn't need to know, basically. Um, ah, Jesus Christ. Oh, why, wait, so why was everybody sharing that the other day? Because a bunch of people, like... Well, because it just, it, it just came out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it like, was, like, people that I would expect to know better than to, like, share a CinemaSins video. Like, hey, like, this is good film criticism. Oh, no, no, no. They were sharing the everything wrong with everything wrong with. Oh, well, did you share that? Yeah, I retweeted it. Oh, okay. Now it's all it's all fitting together. The pieces okay, are yeah. all falling into place. Okay, so let's get back to the review. Because I'm going to go ahead and give this, like, three Sriracha Chips. Because the, the implication of that ending actually really soured a lot of this for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it um, a three and a half. Because, like, That's again, again, like, the shitty implications of it are really shitty. Um, but... I do think that, like, the implications, like, about, like, like the thematic element of, like, abusive relationships and stuff like that, I think that that was all, like, very well done. Like, it Yeah, was, no, it was, uh, it was well handled. And, like, I gotta be honest as well, like, when I first heard this, like, this short, because I saw the short film before I learned that the movie was gonna happen, like, mm-hmm. a day or two before, actually, weirdly enough, and I was like, I don't really see, like, the, I don't understand how they can make a whole movie out of this. And then, like, I mean, James Wan made a whole movie about it, it was like, Pretty good. James Wan did that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Wait, are you supposed, are, uh, wait, is the implication of the tweets that you're clapping as you say the words, or because I, I, I always kind of read it as James Wan did that. <laughs> uh, like you're playing patty cake. That's a uh, all right. Here's the thing. That's a good question. Um, I was kind of doing the um the thing where um Griffin McElroy goes, "I want to go to the money zone. I'm in hell. I need money." <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, so speaking you of the money zone... You don't need to leave that in. You don't need to leave that in. No, I will. Oh, God. Speaking, speaking of the money zone, uh, we don't have one of those, but we do have questions. Oh, we do have questions. Wow, that was yep. relatively uh, short notice, too. 
Yep. Okay. So we have um. We got. Okay. So you got two choices. We're gonna go. We're gonna do both of these, but I just want you to choose which one we go to first. Just give me one or two. Oh, I don't. All right. Um, two. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Tumblr user Squizpillion. Uh, oh now, no! <laughs> now enemy of the show, uh, Squizpillion, who sent us an ask on Tumblr. Uh, he says, "Crank." The whole message is crank. There's a comma on the end of it. Oh, um, mm, bad. <laughs> bad indeed. Mm. I I choose not to crank. <laughs> That's funny because I choose to crank. We will forever be locked in this duel. <laughs> it's just like the, it's just like the beginning of Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, the first one, or uh, uh, the one with the one with Shulk, where there's the white robot and the black robot. I have never played Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm a fake fan. Oh, okay. Well, the, I'm not really feeling it. That was a good joke. And okay, here's an actual question. This one's from Twitter user at Blair Kitch. Who says, hi guys, long time listener, first time caller. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> this movie seems to be a dope adaptation of a cool short film with a disappointing ending. Does the movie fail in all the same ways that the short film did, or are the scares better earned? Thanks. Um, it doesn't, like, I mean, you do see the face of the entity at, you do see Diana's face for, like, a split second at the end, but it's like you said, like, Voldemort's face dissolving. Well, there's um, also when you see her in the, in the ultralight, uh, basement. Yeah, yeah, like, but, like, it's not, like, uh, you kind of knew that there was, like, a face there based on, like, them kind of, like, teasing about it, whereas, like, I feel like the face they show at the end of the Lights Out short film was completely unnecessary. Yeah, and, like, I don't remember really what the face at the end of the Lights Out short film looked like, but I kind of remember it being corny. It just kind of looked like, to my memory, it just kind of looks like Chucky. Uh, Hang on one second, because I'm looking this up. Lights Out short film. Uh, I'm just gonna skip right on to the end there. There's Esther. Um. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's so bad. Oh, uh, yeah, let me pull it up, let me pull it up myself, because, uh, it's been a while since I saw that, too. I should, I should have done that at the same time, but instead I was watching a video of a bearded dragon befriending a caterpillar. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, it... I'm gonna retweet it. <laughs> um, there's a movie, um, like, in the... Uh, how do I put this? In the, like, up next thing on, um, YouTube, uh, for a movie called The Moonlight Man, and the silhouette looks exactly like Diana's, um, so I'm not sure if that's, like, a total aping of this concept. Oh my god, that does look awful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's, like, a normal girl, and, like, her... she has no pupils, so her eyes are just white, and she's opening her mouth really wide, and she has kind of, like, goofy, like, sharp teeth. And yeah. Really poorly edited sharp teeth. Yeah, like, she just kind of looks really happy, actually. Yeah. Not really scary at all. Playtime! Yeah, like, alright, like, what's up? Okay, um, anyways, I'm here so, to have fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would say that, like... She she is here, unlike every other reality show contestant, she is here to make friends. <laughs> I, I am here to make friends, and I am here to have a good time, and I don't really care about winning that much. Um, no. Uh, but, so, yeah. the movie doesn't, like, like we were, we already kind of discussed about the ways the movie falls short, but, like, it's not in the same ways the short film does, so, like, Which is different issues. too much, and, like, and not yeah. doing, doing enough interesting with, like, a cool concept, because I think this movie does ring, like, every bit of, like cool like light-based like horror like out of the concept that it possibly could i think yeah like there's apparently a sequel in the works which like i 
I'm gonna want to see that and just like yeah. kind of that's because be- like because like the only thing that I can think of for like how to ramp up like the cool like light tricks in this movie that we see with like things like the key fob like the headlights and the cell phone is like yeah if there, if there were mirrors involved because that would have yeah. been sick um like reflection based like ghost dissipating would have been really oh cool. what if there was uh what if it was a crossover with uh the Kiefer Sutherland film mirrors what if it was a crossover with the Justin Timberlake song mirrors this ghost is abusive. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a real like well of material, mirrors based material for us to draw from. Yeah, um, lots of it. There's mirror Kirby when Kirby can do mirrors, and that's all the mirrors. <laughs> that's all of them. That's all, all right, the so- mirrors. So we're gonna, if you want to send us a question at fearbaiting on Twitter, fearbaiting.tumblr.com, or fearbaiting at gmail.com. Did I get them all? Yeah, I got them all. Okay, let's go on to recommendations. Uh, I'm going to actually check the Gmail because my phone is not synced up to that account, so it wouldn't have told me if we had a message. Oh. But um, you go ahead and do your recommendation. Oh, do my recommendation. Okay. Yep. Um, did we say that, like, it's good to, like, stick to movies? Uh, I said it was, like, there was a vi- very mild preference, but, like, we kind of go hog fucking wild because, you know, we recommended grilled cheese, hot chocolate. Oh, okay. Um... All right, you know what? Give me, give me like, like two, I haven't... Sec- two seconds to think about this, and you could just cut out the time that I've been thinking about it. No, I got I, I got mine anyways because oh, I mean yours? I don't I, I don't ha- I haven't seen any movies lately. I mean I watched half of Looper and I was like this is pretty good, and then I didn't finish it because I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But so I'm not going to recommend that. But I mean the first I mean the first hour of Looper is pretty good. And, I mean I'm going to go back and watch the second hour at some point. Oh okay. Um, um, but my recommendation this week is like we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn. All right, well, there goes there goes the one that I could have fallen back on. <laughs> yeah, because... We can't both recommend Horizon Zero Dawn. No, um, but since we both wanted to recommend that, I can also fall back and say that... Um, I've I recommended Let's Plays a couple of times on here, but I'm going to recommend one more, and I think I'm going to stop doing that for a while, because it's a, it's a bit of a crush that I didn't on too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to recommend um, the Super Best Friends, which I'm always talking about. Uh, they're doing a Let's Play currently of uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, and it's very good, as long as you can get past the fact that they're like in, in like impossibly terrible at the game. Oh. <laughs> um and you know what just to mix it up and have a non Horizon Zero Dawn recommendation. Uh I've only read two issues of this so far and I'm still reading the rest of the uh, trade paperback but I'm going to go ahead and recommend Snot Girl um which is Oh uh, yeah, Brian Leo Malley. Yeah, it's yeah. A Brian Real- Leo Malley wrote it and um hang on. Who uh who was it that draws the art for this comic? Um Leslie Hunt. Um it's a really good looking comic with a very like interesting premise of like being focused on like blogger like personalities like almost like yeah. instagram models um and like i don't know I, i've only read like two issues of it but i'm having a lot of fun with it and there's a cool like it just has a lot of personality like brian leo malley has a lot of personality in his work that a lot of people fail to like inject um, yeah no like it's a, very good he's a super good writer also i recommend buying the trade paperback because you could get it on amazon for like five dollars uh because i'm pretty sure it's published by uh, image comics who usually only charges 10 like maximum for volume one and on yeah. the back in big glitter text it says who is she which is great <laughs> yeah i've recommended a brian leo Ma- oh, brian leo malley thing on here before uh seconds i'm pretty sure have you read that 
I did read Seconds, and Seconds is really good. Seconds is really good. Um, okay, so that's going to be fear baiting. Holy shit, what an episode. Yeah, what a whale. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever done an episode this long before. <laughs> well, uh, we have, like, no joke, 35 minutes of material at the beginning that can cut down to, like, five. <laughs> I, I, do you know how much of, do you know how much of the show I actually cut down? How much? Like, I cut out, like, hiccups and coughs and, like, weird sounds that I can edit out, and that's about it. <laughs> okay, but we don't need a 35-minute cold open. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like, it was like eight minutes, and then I got interrupted by, uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> Right, and then the sweet, sweet bass line of uh, Tom Petty. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Zach, where can people find you if they want to check your shit out? Uh, my Tumblr, which I don't use that much anymore, but it's still there, um, is uh, Night Zoned. That's night, like a knight in like armor. Night Zoned. Yeah. Tumblr. Um, my Twitter handle is Cataquex, um, like the Super Mario Sunshine enemy. Um, like the ones that fucked you up with the watermelon uh, uh, mission. Right, the ones that look like little balls with duck bills and they flip you in the air. Um, yeah. My favorites. Um, and yeah, those are the two places where you can find me. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, you can find me at Chie Shadonaka on Twitter and chieshatonaka.tumblr.com. And uh, Blair's not here, but she's at Blair Kitch on Twitter and bramblepelt.tumblr.com. And this has been Fear Baiting, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to rate us on iTunes and stuff, I mean, you know, no obligation. But if you want to, we'd appreciate it because we don't really, you know, have any way of getting the word out aside from, like, good ratings. So it would it'd be nice, but don't feel obligated. Do a nice thing for someone for once in your life. <laughs> Please. All right. Uh, yeah, this has been Fear Baiting. I'm Luna. I'm Zach. And remember... You can put a fucked up guy anywhere? Yes, you did it! I did it! The first guess you didn't fuck that.